Hi, everyone. I'm Gina Carvelas. And I'm Melissa Burns, and this is Let's Be Great One Five, a YMCA of Rock River Valley podcast dedicated to all things healthy living. We're back for another episode in our four-part series featuring Dr. Jared of Chiropractic First. As we've mentioned in previous episodes, Dr. Jared is a doctor of chiropractic with Chiropractic First, and we are so happy to be partnered with his organization and providing information and resources targeted at healthy living. Thanks so much for being back with us, Dr. Jared. Thanks for having me back. Yeah. And again, I'm, I'm excited about this topic too, because this is supplements and this is another one um, where I could go down a rabbit hole. I'm not going to, but I'm very <laughs> interested in this topic and, and I'd almost be embarrassed if someone saw my, you know, my, my kitchen countertop, which I do clean off when, when pe- people are coming, but that's where all my supplements are. And I've got a, I've got a heavy rotation because I'll read about something and I'll think, Ooh, maybe I should try that. And some things I stick with and some things I don't, but um, I think it's a good topic and I think it can be overwhelming. There's a lot of supplements out there. They do a lot of different things. So um, I'm really anxious to just jump right in and start talking about it. So tell us, are supplements good or bad? How do you tell? Absolutely. And I I think you you really hit the nail on the head there, Gina, when it comes to um, the amount of information we have available to us, it's so easy to type in what supplements are good for X and then then really just um, end up with a plethora and at some point they, you know, too many supplements can be hard on your body, but the tough part with supplements is they are not, they are not FDA regulated. So it is your personal responsibility to figure out, um, where to get quality supplements or find a trusted source. Certainly, um, you know, we feel like we provide that, um, with our, with our max living products, but you know, more than that, it's like, are supplements good or bad? And how do you tell, well, if we're, if we're going to talk about the basics, you know, multivitamins, proteins, things like that, they, they, any vitamin or mineral, um, in my opinion, needs to come from a whole food source, meaning that it's not made in a laboratory. It's actually extracted from a real fruit, vegetable, you know, something that a human can um, consume outside of the supplement world. And that's where I would say a lot of, a lot of, um, people get thrown off is when they're in the big, you know, the big box stores, whether it's the Walmarts or GNCs or whatever it might be. So Mm -hmm. frequently there's, you know, a multivitamin for 10 bucks that'll last you five years. And it, (laughs) you know, it's just terrible for you. In fact, one of the, one of the things that I thought was most telling, there was a, there was a research study done by um, AstraZeneca, which is a drug company about, um, Centrum Silver, and it showed that people actually were less healthy taking the Centrum Silver multivitamin oh my than goodness. if they took it. Now, the ironic part is, you know who owns Centrum Silver is AstraZeneca. So they, really? they published a study that showed their own multivitamin was produced so poorly it had fillers wow. and had artificial green. So why are they bad? Why are the cheap ones bad? Well, first of all, your body can't recognize them, so they're hard on your body from a a recognition standpoint. The example I personally love to use most is vitamin A. So when they studied vitamin A, they found that vitamin A has at least 500 different forms when you consume it in a, in a carrot or in a vegetable that you get vitamin A from. Now, when they make it in a lab, they only make one form, making it not very absorbable. Mm-hmm. Additionally, when they make supplements, um, because they're in a processing facility and when they use cheap ingredients, they can often be contaminated 
with things like lead or other heavy metals or things that are harmful for you to make them taste better. They often can have colorings, artificial sweeteners, some of the things that we talked about in previous episodes that can be so um, harming. And then they're also not regulated on potency. So what you read on the back of the label doesn't have to be true because it's not FDA regulated. So unless you specifically pay, so if it says you're getting 100% vitamin C, you might not actually be getting 100% vitamin C. They, they're actually legally allowed to lie on the label or to not bother to test the potency on a regular basis, which to me seems baffling. How can, how can yeah. you be allowed to produce a product where you don't actually have to stand behind what the product's providing? So, however, supplements are very necessary for the majority of people because of the depletion of nutrients and soils, because not everybody eats a perfect diet because um, of development over time of certain conditions or disease processes. I would argue that supplements are good and necessary, but you need to make sure you're taking the right types and you're not over consuming because that can be, that can be damaging as well. So um, a few of the things to look at, first of all, are they, if it's a vitamin or mineral, like a multivitamin, is it whole food sourced? A few of the things that I personally look for when I buy supplements are um, a, a little, the probably the easiest label to look for is good manufacturing practices. It'll say GMP certified on mm -hmm. it. You also very frequently are going to see um, FDA registered, meaning that although you don't have to, you can register with the FDA and show the quality of your product. Um, there's another one that I look for called NS NSF certified and for the life of me, I can't remember what that one stands for at the moment, but um, <laughs> you know, these, these are some of the, the things that we look for on the back. They also should say things like no artificial sweeteners. I personally try and get as much organic as possible, GMO free, gluten free. Um, and a lot of times they'll actually put a strength and purity guarantee right on the bottle. And so that mm. means that they routinely are testing to make sure that what that says on the back of it is actually what you're consuming. Interesting. Yeah, it is. And I wonder too, why aren't they regulated? You know, medicine, do you think we're getting to a, how long before they are or will they never be? You know, that's a great question. And this is, um, this is the tough part because there's a lot of different theories on why they're not. One is, one is financially regulated. Mm -hmm. So with, with a drug, you know, they, the drug company is allowed to patent the drug and then, and then they pay for the research and then therefore they're able to make the money on the back end once they paid for the research with supplements, um, companies aren't allowed in most cases to patent what they're selling. You know, you're not allowed to patent vitamin C or vitamin D or magnesium because they're, they're naturally occurring in the world. So there's mm -hmm. much less money. And right now with the way, um, I mean, with, with not meaning to talk politics, which, but basically the government doesn't pay for, for research. In most cases, the companies mm -hmm. have to pay for the research. And that's where they run into a problem because most of these supplement companies aren't multi-billion or multi-trillion dollar companies. Mm -hmm. So unless we can get a, an outside third party like the, the FDA to be funded enough to actually test these supplements, they're running into an issue, um, which also creates its own issue because when the company the company that creates it also pays for the research. There's just a little bit of a moral and ethical dilemma in there in yeah. some mm -hmm. cases, but mm -hmm. it would be true for supplements as well, because they're, they're required to pay for the research. Okay. 
Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I feel like you go to the doctor and the first thing out of the doctor's question, you're the first question the doctor says to you, the first thing out of their mouth is, are you taking a multivitamin? Are you taking vitamin D? You know, are you taking fish oil? Um, and so I feel like it's a part of our language. Um, and, you know, and for us, for Gina and I, you know, at the Y, I don't know about you, Gina, but I get asked all the time, what should I be taking for while I'm exercising? You know, are there better? I'm like, I don't, I don't know. You know, it's each person's <laughs> journey is different. Right, um, right. What does your doctor say? <laughs> like, well, my doctor's asking me, what am I taking? Um, what would you say, Dr. Jared would be, are there better supplements out there for those that are exercising? Absolutely. And, and, so, and so here's um, the, the short answer to that is if, if you're willing to spend enough money, you can, te- you can, you can learn anything you want in this world. You know, there's, there's ways to test every, not every vitamin, but nearly every vitamin, mineral, gut biome, but it gets very expensive. And I don't necessarily think it's right for most people to spend thousands and thousands of dollars trying to figure it out. So there are some basic recommendations that are true for, you know, 99 plus percent of the population. And there's also things that you can request from your doctor that when you get your yearly blood work is covered by your insurance. So if it's okay, I'll just, I'll go through a few of those so that people can ask you know, some, sure. some wise questions of their doctor as well. But um, for the most part, if we're going to be very simplistic, if you're only going to spend money on one supplement, I personally would recommend for 99% of people that they get some sort of a whole food multivitamin, a men's multi, a women's multi, a children's multi. Um, it, you know, the example I use most frequently is it's just about universally accepted that when a woman gets pregnant, she, she's going to take a prenatal vitamin to give the baby mm-hmm. all the building blocks to develop from two cells to seven pounds or whatever the mm-hmm. baby is. I find it p- very perplexing that somehow after the, the baby comes out, we, for many people, they stop giving the multivitamin for the same building blocks that takes them from seven pounds to 170 pounds or, you know, whatever the person mm-hmm. away. It's like, why mm-hmm. wouldn't we do, why is it universally accepted during child development, but not necessarily why people are, why children are growing or why adults are aging when their bodies do need those vitamins and minerals for repair. So the multivitamin is the big one, mm-hmm. considering that most of the listeners here are in Northern Illinois. Um, most people are deficient in vitamin D. Now that's, that's been certainly more universally accepted. Um, and in fact, you're, it's, it's complimentary to test for in blood work it, it for, by most insurances. So you can request from your doctor to test your vitamin B or D, you can request your doctor to um, test vitamin B, things like that. But there are huge benefits to vitamin D at high levels. You can get, you can develop it at no cost to yourself by getting out in the sun. But in the winter, most people aren't getting outside. And if you have any um, health condition like diabetes or high blood pressure, you know, heart disease, any of the stuff that as people are are developing, your body actually burns through more vitamin D, kind of like your car burns through more gas, it goes faster. So mm-hmm. when people are dealing with conditions or they're having to take medication, you tend to burn through more vitamin D. So most people need to consume it in a supplement. And similar to the multivitamin, most vitamin D synthetic. So if you're, if you're below, let's say 30 on the spectrum, which is really low, you can, you can probably take a synthetic vitamin D and get up to, you know, 30, 35, 40, the really healthy levels of vitamin D, it's generally accepted that somewhere between 50 and 90 on the blood work 
is where a healthy level of vitamin D. And I, I personally, I've, I've looked at a lot of blood work. I have never seen someone take a synthetic vitamin D and get to that point. So you need to you need to get it from a, a quality source. There's also ways to help absorb it, like with vitamin K2 or with probiotics. And then the last simple vitamin recommendation for people, and then we can talk about maybe protein, is omega-3s. From an inflammation standpoint, everything from your brain to your blood pressure to joint inflammation, if you have it, if you don't have enough omega-3s, and a lot of people don't, um, you're going to be more inflamed. Omega-3s uh, are most noted from fatty fish. You can get them from certain things like flax oil and, and stuff like that, but certain types that are best for you are getting from fish. And the generally accepted ratio is consuming two to three servings of fish a week or eating fish two to three times a week. If you're not getting that, then you probably need to take an omega supplement. And same thing, if you, if you bought that from, from a, from a cheap source, what they most frequently do, they can have fillers. So a way to test your mm -hmm. omegas is to put them in the freezer. They shouldn't freeze. They're an oil. Um, so mm -hmm. here's full of fillers. It's full of junk. But additionally, you want to think about the source. So bigger fish, uh, when they, you know, when they fillet fish, a lot of these cheap omega-3s, they actually crush like the fish skins and the gelatin and some of the stuff that you would never eat. And it tends yeah. to be very high <laughs> heavy metals. It's kind of gross, yeah. quite frankly, um, where like a good, a good source would be to get omega-3s it should say right on there from say sardines and anchovies and minnows smaller mm -hmm. fish because they have way less heavy metals which is what a lot of people worry about with eating fish or, or taking mm -hmm. it and 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 uh companies don't have to disclose if there are heavy metals in their omega-3 so it's going back to that not being not fda so multivitamin vitamin d and omegas are kind of the basics there are a lot of things like detoxing a couple of times a year, or for those that exercise, consumption of protein um, before, during, or after the workout can be mm -hmm. very important in recovery and developing the certain body type that you like. Um, and those proteins, similar to what we talked about in the last episode about sugar, a lot of proteins have many artificial sweeteners, the yeah. colorings and dyes and additives. They can be highly heated, so they can only be about 50% usable. So when you're looking for protein, you want to look for something that um, is low heat processed, has no artificial sweeteners. Usually it's going to be sweetened with stevia. It's going to have no um, additives or fillers. I mean, those are some of the things that you'd want to look for in a protein. And then from a when to consume it, if you're trying to lose weight, you might wait, let's say 45 minutes after a workout. If you're trying to build lean muscle, you want to consume it as soon as you can after the workout. And if you're trying to gain weight or really build size, you can consume protein before, during, and after. I mean, you want to be consuming protein. Um, and, and kind of the range is 30, 15 to 30 grams. You don't really want to consume more than 50 grams in a short period or th more than 30 grams in a mm -hmm. short period of time, just because your body can't absorb it. So it can be wasteful and it can be hard on your kidneys, which is one of the problems with taking too many supplements is you can be, if you take too many supplements or cheap supplements, not only can they have the fillers and the heavy metals, but they also can, your liver still has to process them. Your kidneys still have to, you know, detox. So too many can be, can be detrimental as well for those people that just, um, are trying their best, but maybe don't, aren't as informed. Okay. 
Wow. Mm-hmm. So, so much information. Like, and again, yeah. taking notes, taking notes. I hey, have it's a, a podcast though. You can, uh, you can go back and rewind and right. <laughs> write down listen, some listen notes. Again. Yeah. 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 I have a question specific to protein and particular amino acids. So I was just reading about you can buy supplements that are just the amino acids, which I, I guess I don't know that much about it, but I know building blocks of protein and these are much they're, they're much lower in calories than a true protein, like a protein shake or something you would have. And so I'm just curious about what the difference is there and, and what those might, are they beneficial? Sure. That's, I mean, that's perfect, especially for those that are, are really active. So um, branch chain amino acids or BCAAs are most frequently consumed by bodybuilders or by people who are trying to constantly put in the types of amino acids to build muscle. Um, yeah. So, uh, a comp- what they call a complete protein, amino acids are the building blocks of proteins. And right. there are 20 amino acids that make up a complete protein. You might even see this in like food consumption, like in certain cultures, rice and beans combined, right. they have all 20, exactly. you know, that sort yeah. of thing. <laughs> so, um, but then branch chain amino acids are very frequently taken because they'll usually have three, four, five, something like that, that are more specifically utilized when muscles are being torn or being torn in a good way, like broken down when people are lifting heavy weights. And so when the person is trying to stay really lean, they might take branch chain amino acids for recovery or in between their meals to really help with building muscle, but not putting on additional body fat or or that sort of thing. So I guess I would say most people, it wouldn't be a, a need unless they're really regimented on their their weightlifting and that sort of thing, which some of the listeners probably are. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's interesting. What about, um, can you talk a little bit about detox? So detox, uh, you know, detoxification in the, you know, in the first episode, I think we almost got on a little tangent about how, you know, you're mm-hmm. coming to come in contact with 2 million chemicals every day. Yeah. yeah. And so one of the things that happens is your body, um, I think we all believe, but my personal belief, your body is incredibly intelligent, far more intelligent than we're ever going to truly figure out. It's always trying to do the right thing at the right time to protect you, to help you, whatever it might be. And so the reason I say that is Americans or humans in general, when you're consuming too much toxicity, whether that's environmental and you can't control it, or you're eating too much processed foods or whatever it might be, the way that your body protects you is instead of leaving toxicity floating around in your bloodstream, which could damage your organs, cause serious diseases, um, all that kind of stuff, it actually takes your toxicity that it can't detox out of your system and it stores it in your body fat. So it protects you so that you don't develop those conditions or it keeps you alive longer. So what can happen though is because it stores in your body fat, if you start to lose weight and you're storing too much toxicity, your body will actually create weight retention. And so it will about, and it's estimated that about half of all, half of all adult Americans are weight loss resistant because they're too toxic. So when people don't necessarily factor in lifestyle or don't understand how to detox, they could hit a weight loss plateau because they're too toxic. So doing regiments of detoxing, and you can do that through diet, or a supplement. So for instance, some people will do like a juice cleanse or a water fast or a bone broth cleanse for 24 hours or 72 hours or something like that. And one of the ways that helps you detox is 
and your body's not expending as much energy to digest food so it can start to dump some of that toxicity out. Uh, another way to really help your body detox is uh, carciferous vegetables. So, any, you know, green leafy vegetables, Brussels sprouts, cauliflower, you know, all the different kales and that kind of stuff. All those have building blocks for an element called glutathione, which is your main detoxification system used by your liver. So when people say, you know, I don't eat vegetables, well, they, they may be depriving their body of the, its ability to detoxify. Um, but then with supplements, there's a lot of companies that do carry really good detox systems, which, is, which what they do is they break down some of these foods and they, they make them more potent and you, you either drink them in a shake or consume them in a pill and it helps your body detox. You know, with my organization, Max Living, we, you know, we have a, what's called the detox system, which is a 30 day, two pills in the morning, two pills at night. And what it does, it, it helps your body stimulate that actually to dump some of the toxicity that it's holding um, out of the fat cells or wherever they might be. And then it has binders in it, like activated charcoal and magnesium that then bind to it. So it safely and gently removes it through your bowels and, mm -hmm. um, and, you know, in my opinion, if you live in America, you should be detoxing um, at least once, but probably multiple times a year. And there's a lot of factors. And there's also much more intense, you know, you mentioned like our integrative clinic where we have, you know, an integrative practitioner who does people's primary care. Um, she looks at, she can actually do some of that advanced testing, which I was telling you, like, I don't recommend for everyone, but if you have something serious going on and you want to get to the root cause, if you test for it, like you get, Gino was mentioning Dr. Mark Hyman, you know, there's a lot of stuff you can test for outside of what you might get at a traditional medical doctor that can make a huge difference in your body's ability to lose weight, build muscle, reverse disease, prevent it. I mean, there's just so much you can do. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot that you can do with supplements as long as they're good quality potency, the right source, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Again, so much information. And you mentioned glutathione. And, and when I, when we started, I said, I have a, a you know, a countertop filled with stuff. I actually <laughs> bought that supplement because I read about it. I read it. This is so interesting to me. It's just one of those things I love to learn about. And then I learned after I bought that supplement that it's really not that great because your body doesn't utilize it as well in a supplement form. Um, and that you really do need to be getting those green leafy, you know, vegetables, Brussels sprouts and things like that. So that would be an example of one thing that came into my rotation. And then <laughs> went out because I realized that I just spent money on something that that wasn't working um, like I had hoped it would. Um, and then the, the one more thing you mentioned, um, and I know we're running a little long here, but I just, if we could really quickly touch on magnesium, the only because I think it can be so confusing because there's so mm -hmm. many forms of it and they're all good for different reasons. And so yes. what do you have to say about magnesium? Yeah, so, so great point. So people tend to be in our country, um, two of the highest mineral deficiency are calcium and magnesium. And you think, how in the heck can you be calcium deficient? Everybody consumes milk and dairy and, and you know, mm -hmm. not everybody, but nearly every, you know. And so there, there's a couple of components. First of all, both of those have been depleted from the soil, right. unfortunately, due to conventional farming, yeah. spraying the, the fertilizer NPK, which is, you know, only three minerals. It doesn't have calcium. It doesn't have magnesium. But also um, over time because of processing. So for instance, pasteurization and dairy makes the, the calcium in dairy only about 10% usable. Mm -hmm. Similarly, magnesium has to have certain things to bind with. And right. so magnesium 
supplementation or magnesium deficiency is a big deal. It can affect people's sleep. It's yeah. important for muscular contraction. So it can affect blood pressure. Um, there's just a lot of stuff. And so the most common form of magnesium that people consume is magnesium citrate, which unfortunately is, why is it the most commonly consumed? Because it's the cheapest, you know? <laughs> yeah. cheapest one, you know, so it's easy to think, well, I just, my doctor said I need magnesium. So therefore um, I bought magnesium at the store. And so there's actually five types of magnesium and they all bind a little bit differently. And so, um, you know, with, with magnesium, I'd still encourage you to attempt to get it, um, you know, yellow, orange, and uh, red vegetables, great with potassium, great with magnesium, things like that. But, um, but additionally, like you can, you can buy magnesium that has, that's all the different forms. I personally like magnesium glycerate because it has a, a lot of, a lot of studies, there's varying studies on it, but a lot of studies show that that's one of the best for binders. Um, right. When people are taking magnesium citrate, one way to tell you're taking a cheap supplement is after a while, it'll give you diarrhea. You know, it, it mm -hmm. just won't, it's just not, since you're, it's running through you. So you're not absorbing it. Um, and there are some simple tests to, you can do to test your magnesium as well, you know, at a, a holistic practitioner, but magnesium is a big one because it affects so many things and then severe deficiency affects some of the major, major parts of people's lives and health, like the sleep and the blood pressure yeah. and that kind of stuff. Thank you. Yeah, that's that's interesting to me. And I do take one that's that's got um, all the different forms in it. And it, it's one of those that I yeah, I, I will continue to take because I notice a big difference. It's a little more expensive and it's worth it to me for the benefit that that I get from it. So, yeah, that's great. This is good. This is all real good information. How many of you are going to go home and put your uh, omega threes in the freezer? Or right. <laughs> to test it, right. Just to see if yeah. there's a filler. Um, yeah. I think, you know, just lots of good information just between the three types of supplements and, you know, just going over consumption of protein. We get that question all the time. When should yeah. I take a protein or drink a protein shake and mm -hmm. um, just in detoxing? This, this is really good information. So thanks so much for your time. Yeah. Thank you. Well, thanks so much to our listeners for joining us today. This is um, an, our episode of our four-part ser series with Dr. Jared. You can learn more about Chiropractic First by visiting their website at rockford.maxliving.com. Be sure to subscribe to stay up to date with our podcast. And if you have a topic or guest you'd like to see featured, please let us know. You can email us at healthyliving at rockriverymca.org. Thanks, everyone. Have a great day. Thank you.